God'll get you for that one. Maud is owned by Shout Factory. God'll get you for that, Walter, is produced for entertainment purposes only. Sponsored in part by Findlay's Friendly Appliances. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of God'll Get You For That, Walter. He will. He will. He but will not this, this episode. episode. Not technically. Te- well, sort of, Technically, yeah, sorta. We'll, we'll get it on technicality. You're right, you're right. And welcome to God'll Get You For That, Walter, a podcast we discuss the 1970s hit sitcom, Maud. And I am your host, Tom Cat, and I am joined by the ever so lovely, the ever so divine, the ever so old <laughs> Tony Homeboom. <laughs> yep. We, we, feel, we feel old well, after this weekend. Oh man. We feel old after this weekend. I, I have never felt older in my in my life. Shall we share? Uh sure, why not? Yes. This past weekend we were at uh Babylon Pride on the Long Islands. And after Babylon, the Long Island, the Long Island, the Long Island, the Long Island. There's more than one. There's more than there's three. Oh, okay. And after after <laughs> which the Babylon Pride, we then went to Sayville Pride. Yes. We went to Station Pub for uh, yes. for shows, for shows yes. and laughs. And yes. boy howdy, by ten thirty we were just we were, gone. We were wiped out. We were wiped clean. Yes, yes. Don't know how the other queens managed. I don't but know. God bless them. They God did bless it. them. So yeah, so it was a, it was a, an eventful. But tiring weekend. An eventful but tiring weekend, yes. yes. Um, and today, today we are discussing, this is our episode 57, we are going to be addressing season 3, episode 9, The Last Tango in Tuckahoe. Tuckahoe. I love which, that. Love, which, love that word. Tuckahoe. Oh, yes. Tuckahoe. Love it. It's a fabulous little town, fabulous little hamlet in um, Westchester, New York. Okay. Trust me, I've wanted to like go as Maud, but it, just the train tickets alone is really? no. True. Um, and it aired originally on November 11th, 1974, and of mm-hmm. course we watched this on the streaming service mm-hmm. Tubi, mm-hmm. which yes. still has seasons three and four. Yes. Uh, the episode was directed by Hal Cooper, written by Bob Schiller, Bob Weisskopf, and of course Norman Lear. Uh, and we have some guest stars. We mm-hmm. have uh, Alfie Freddy, yes. played by James Cromwell. Yes. And he, he's an Academy Award winner, isn't yes. he? Yes, yes he is. Yes. Um, but um, doing a really, really crappy British accent. Very, very... That British accent was terrible. Left, left a little to be desired. Yeah. But also, let's think about it from the perspective of Mrs. Naugatuck. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that it was an act. Yes, right. She probably told him, you know, pretend to be um, British. We also had another guest star whose name escapes me, but oh, it was Eddie, Eddie the, uh, Eddie the, the dry, dry, cleaner. dry Cleaner. Yes. Eddie the Dry Cleaner. I'm going to see if I can quickly find um, <clears throat> his, his name... Well, well, I will set the scene while you're looking at that. So, Walter's in the kitchen. Oh, Eddie Carroll. Eddie Carroll, that was (laughs) easy. Eddie Carroll is Eddie. See? And yes, James Cromwell is... It's like me me in the Carlson Chronicles. (laughs) (laughs) Who do I play? I play Tony. I play Tony Homeburn. I play Tony Homeburn. And James Cromwell, God bless him, is still alive. Yes, yes. He's still going strong. So, uh, Walter's in the kitchen. Mrs. Naugatuck... Comes in and she's uh, singing, singing. I could have danced all night. Yep. And Walter's asking her, "What's uh, who made this lousy coffee?" And Mrs. Nogatuck says, "I did." Mm-hmm. Which is why we British always drink That's why tea. They drink yeah. tea. And Walter tells her to uh, enjoy her day, day off. off. And she says, "Tata." <clears throat> mm-hmm. And then Carol comes in yep. and she's asking Walter, "What's wrong with mother?" <laughs> she, all she does is like she just stares, stares and, says, and shakes no. her head no. Yeah. 
Uh, so Walter quips that it may have been the coffee that Maud drank. Right, right. Um, so you know, mm-hmm. I, th- I think at that point Carol le- Carol exits the. Well, she says she's got to drive up. Yeah, to she Albany. has to drive up to Albany to pick, to pick up, up Philip. Philip. And uh, we, he's staying with his father. This is the first time we've ever heard about. We don't meet him physically uh-huh. until the last season. Really? We do not meet Carol's husband until the last season. And we okay. actually find out that he's a con man. Oh, yeah. He's not, he is a, a loathsome character. Oh, but Carol. Spoilers. But we'll find out about that at season six. Yes. We're, still in, we're still in season three. We're, yes. we're not even at the halfway mark yet, kids. Yeah. So, Carol goes to exit, and she's wearing this very stylish outfit. Like, mm-hmm. it's a skirt, a blouse, and a beautiful pea coat. Mm-hmm. And, and that and hat. A, and the cloche-style hat with a feather on mm-hmm. it. And she goes to leave, and as Maud comes downstairs, Carol says, Mother, I'm leaving. Right, and right. Maud goes, I don't speak to strangers. I don't speak to strangers. You're a stranger. You're a stranger in a strange house. And Carol is, you know, her, her voice is getting loud, and Maud was telling her to keep, keep your voice down, stranger. <laughs> And you know, Carol is like pressing her. What's you know, what's what's the what's the what's problem? The problem? And and Maud says to her, "What was a man doing in your room?" And Carol says, "A man in my room? I should be so lucky. Right? We and should all be so lucky. Exactly. Have you ever snuck anybody into your house? No. Okay. No. Neither have I. No. Never tried. Uh, so Maud is telling her, you know, don't don't lie to me. I heard laughter. And it was it wasn't Walter. It wasn't Walter. Yes. Walter does many things in the bath in, in the, the bedroom. bedroom. Giggling is not one of them. He yeah. hasn't giggled since he turned fifty. 50. Not since he turned fifty. Not since he turned fifty. Uh, but she she said she distinctly heard a man's laughter at mm-hmm. twelve thirty three and at four seventeen. Mm-hmm. So that's a throughout the whole night she heard that, yep. she heard this man laughing. And Carol insists she must have been dreaming. Yep. And Maud tells her if I was dreaming about. A man uh, coming into my room. being snuck in, in. It would have been in her room. And not yours. <laughs> so I could, I could sympathize with that. Same. Yes. And then I think at that point, Carol says, well, maybe you're just becoming senile. senile. Yes. And Maud says, you know, Carol, I only hope I live long enough to become a burden to Speaking you. Speaking of burden. Yes. Speaking of burdens. Burdens. <laughs> uh. um, the next thing I have written down is no man in her room. Right. And, uh, more, uh, well, Carol's also being very like, like, mother, you know me, I'm your daughter. Yeah, I'm not letting anybody into my room. I'm not going to, because there that. was that whole episode with Chris mm-hmm. where, you know, Carol yes. was trying to convince Chris to stay in her room and that right. just, that did not go over well. And right. they both agreed mm-hmm. that there would just not be any man in her room. Right. Yes. So, you know, Maud says, oh, well, you're my daughter, and I, and so on and so forth. Big hugs and kisses, and then she says, just don't, don't let, let it happen, happen again. again. And Carol's now like, she's this getting is a little irate. crazy house. A crazy house. Which, have you well, met my mother? She's crazy. Yeah. Yes. So she she, she she leaves. And Maud is saying, you know, I, I love her, but there, there was definitely a man in her room. And Walter turns well, and, to her and says, well, she says, Walter, what should we do about it? <laughs> And, and what does he say? He says, we should raise her rent. <laughs> and then Maud starts playing with, with his hair. With his hair, saying, yes. you know, Walter, there mm. is a God. Yes. And he is very capable of getting you. Yes. So if by chance he's flying over Tuckahoe, watch out and be careful. It's That's something. right. It was That's too funny. Right. It was very, very yes. funny. And then the doorbell rings. Yes. The and Maud rings. immediately thinks that it's Carol coming Leaps back. Leaps to her feet. To apologize 
And she says, I forgive you, I forgive you. And she opens the door, and it's Eddie, the, dr- the, the, dry, the, the dry cleaner, holding, I yes. guess, either one of Mrs. Nogatuck's garments or one of Maud's. No, I think that was her I guest's th- garment. Oh. Didn't he say it was the Duchess's, the Duchess of Nogatuck's yes. guest's garments? Yes. It was the Duchess of Nogatuck's <laughs> guest's <laughs> garment. Mm-hmm. And they broke all the buttons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So here's where we start to find out the plot of the uh, mm-hmm. of the episode, where Mrs. Nogatuck just enjoys stretching the truth. Yes. Bending it over backwards, one would yes. say. Um, calling her, saying that she's the Duchess of Nogatuck. Yep, calling her the Duchess of Nogatuck. Uh, which is why... where I got the Duchess of Home Perm for you. Thank you. <laughs> um, and then he says <coughs> she told him the whole story. She's descended from Henry VIII. Yep. And Maud um, says, well, she does bear a striking resemblance to Charles Lawton. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which I thought was, that tickled me. <coughs> Excuse me. So Maud wants to know how much um, she's a, she owes, she, she owes, she owes Eddie. Eddie for the dry cleaning. And Eddie says, no charge. Mm-hmm. And, you He's know, Maud's, Maud's a little taken aback. Right. And she goes, Eddie, no charge. Yeah. And, you know, Eddie then says, well, she promised to give us a signed picture of her and the Queen Mother. And the Mother. Queen Mother, yes. And Maud yes. then says, well, if, if you're giving it to her for free, I'll, I'll give you a signed picture of me. Yeah. And he says, doing what? Doing what? And, you know, that could be taken a yeah. number of interesting ways. True. Um, and then Maud says, at your prices, you name it and right. I'll do it. I'll do it. He, he thinks about it for a mm. moment. And he says, no. And then she slams the door in his mm-hmm. face. So Maud says, <coughs> excuse me, to Walter, we have to do something about her stories. Yes, because she is telling everybody a different story about mm-hmm. how she came to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, we found out, I think she said that she was the illegitimate child of Eddie Cantor, and who else? Oh, I can't remember now. I can't remember either. Was it a royal? It was it was, royal. it was definitely a royal. Yes. Maybe it was Queen Victoria and Eddie Cantor. Something like that, yes. <laughs> Eddie Cantor. <laughs> so Maud says now she well now that she has her dry cleaning she sees this as an opportunity to go and bring it to her room yes and Walter's like you know she said don't she doesn't want us to go in her room nope and Maud says have you ever seen me snoop Walter says no, no. and she says well follow me yeah, I'll show you how I snoop so they go upstairs <clears throat> And actually, even before that, Maud mm-hmm. says she's out all day shopping and lying. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. obviously, we know that Maud is onto her, mm-hmm. onto her schemes. Yes. So they go upstairs to her room, and this is the first time that we're actually getting a like view into Mrs. Nogatuck's abode. Yes. Um. So she says, "Walter's like I've never been in her room before." And right. Maud says, "Walter, you're gonna love it. It's mm-hmm. like you're in London. It's like you're in, in England. It's like you're in England." Except uh, she has everything in there but Big, Big ben. ben. And then the, the and bell then the gong rings. go off. The bell gongs go yes. off. She says, of course, I haven't been in there since <clears> yesterday. So they go in and it's like the UK has exploded. Over Correct. The yes. There's pictures of the Queen Mother. Mm-hmm. There's a picture of hum- a portrait of Humphrey Bogart. A life preserver from the a Titanic. A life preserver from the Titanic. Yes. And uh, I, I, was it Maud who commented that it's, it looks like an indoor flea market? Yep. Walter said it's an indoor flea market. Mm-hmm. And then Walter points out the ti- the uh, the life seven from the Titanic. Mm-hmm. And Maud says she was a bee girl. Oh, yes, a bee girl the Titanic. the Titanic. Um, I have written down Shoemaker did. I have 
Ducks, I'll always love you. Yes. Ducks, I'll always love you. And then it's a picture of her and Winston Churchill. Yes, yes. But he, um, they're saying it's got to be a fake because he's wearing, the, he's in the uniform of a, a Royal Canadian. A Royal Canadian Mountie. Mountie. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, just more more stories and delusions yes. from the Duchess of Naugahyde. Tuck. Yes. Naugatuck. Yes. So Maud goes to put the outfit dry cleaning in the closet. In the closet. She opens the closet, and there is a man. We in see the these we see bare, his legs, bare legs, uh, like on the on the bottom, and this bowl cut hairdo. Yes, and that's all that we see. Yes, we don't. see. And we are we are led to believe that this man is in the buff. Is yes, very true. So there's a <clears> bit <throat> of physical comedy where Maud yes. just like st- like stares. She just has that look. Just has that look on her face, and she closes the door. She mm-hmm. rubs her nose, and she says, "Walter, I want you to take a look in the closet." Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, you know, Walter's like, you know, what what do you want me to, to look? And she's just like, look. Just look in the closet. So, so he opens the door, mm-hmm. and again, it's the same physical comedy where right. you're looking down, and the right. camera pans down to the legs and then pans to the hair, mm-hmm. And I think he closes the door, and, Maud's, and Walter says it's Big Ben himself. Yeah. Which yeah. I thought. That yes. <laughs> oh. And man. Walter says, there's got to be a simple, simple ex- explanation. And Maud says, yeah, sure, everybody's, everybody's got to be, be someplace. <laughs> so, um, Walter says a guy from... Must have snuck in from Carol's room. Yes, yes, the guy from Carol's room must have snuck in. And that's because they're they're thinking there's no way this, this, this can't a, be Mrs. A guy, Naugatuck. a naked guy, would be in Mrs. Naugatuck's room. And, you know, that was, <clears throat> that was something I really appreciated about... Maud was that they didn't shy away from admitting and acknowledging that older people do still have sex. Right. And still have an active love life. Exactly. Just because the pilot lights out doesn't mean the pilot lights That's out. That's right. That's right. And, you know, I mean, that was definitely something that was expressed in the Golden Girls mm-hmm. as well. Because mm-hmm. I think Mrs. Naugatuck was 70 something. Mm-hmm. I think her, she was 70 something, and also her then husband, Bert. Mm-hmm. We were introduced to him, I think, later, later. in the season. Um, they get they get married. Right. Obviously, like it's pointed out that they're an older couple right. and that they they're still, still they, sexually they're active. still sexually active. Yes. So uh Maud tells Walter to do something. So Walter goes back to the closet, opens yep. it, and uh says, Good morning. <laughs> and everyone's the audience was hysterical. Of course. And he says, um, I don't wish to be rude. <laughs> What are you doing in, in, in the closet? And he says, well, everybody's, everybody's got to be someplace. <laughs> and Walter's like, well, I guess that is a simple ex- explanation. And then I think at that point... That's when Mrs. Naugatuck comes Mrs. in. Mrs. Naugatuck enters and she is furious. Yes, she's like, well, the cheek of it. Yes. Look, coming in here acting like a couple of bloody burglars. Mm-hmm. And Maud is insistent on Mrs. Naugatuck telling her who is that man. And Mrs. Naugatuck says, it is none of your business. That's who that man is. Yes. She says, sorry, Alfie. Stay where you are. And then I think at that point. And she's telling her, "Uh, madam, you need to, you need to leave my room. Yes. And, um, you know, she, she wants an an explanation. Yep. Mrs. Naugatuck just wants them out. Yep. And uh, that's when Maud decides to take matters into her own hands. She As goes, she always does. Of course, she goes to the closet and she says, What's it all about, Alfie? Mm-hmm. And just the camera zooms in on mm-hmm. her very angry looking face. Yes. And, and, Mick, it, 
Mrs. Nogatuck gives them five seconds to clear out of her room. And she calls them two trespassers. Yes. You have five yes. seconds to get out of here, you two trespassers. One, two, two, five. five. Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> also, one of the things that I, that I really enjoy pointing out, and, you know, this is me self-aggrandizing myself, but this was one of the episodes where I was looking very intently at Maud, mm-hmm. and I said to myself, that's my face. Mm-hmm. I have made those faces. Mm-hmm. And you know, le- th- th- late last week, I um I had a private sh- I had a private gig mm-hmm. uh, where I was B. Arthur for, right. for a child's uh, for a one year old's birthday party, and I ended up saying to my darling sweet mother over here that yes. it's just getting worse and worse. Where every time I do my makeup like B, I continue to look like her, mm-hmm. and he goes, you know, you're gonna look like her until like you're gonna age and you're gonna look like her. Yes, and he he pats me on the shoulder and says, "That's job security." Job security, Tom. and I'm honey. like, "This is this is where we're at." You know, this it's, is where we're at, just I mean, think think about it. It's like you know, if you if you were young, if you were you know doing somebody who is young and beautiful, the the more you age, the you know the you know Which less less time you have to do it. I'm going to be looking like an old woman until I too am an old woman. You really are an old woman. <laughs> Exactly. I, have. I mean, job security. Don't. And that is, that is exactly what it is. It's job don't security. Mock it. Don't mock. Don't. I'm not. I'm absolutely not. If B. Arthur pays my bills, so be it. So Maude is insisting that this is this is my home. Yep. This and is, Mrs. Nogatuck is insisting it may be your home, home, but this is my, my room. room. And she pushes them out of the room. Yep. <clears throat> and at that point, like the one thing that I that I, that was like really sort of. Uh, I don't know. Maybe the writers were just leaning a little too heavily onto this shtick, but there were moments when Mrs. Nogatuck would, like, tell Maud off, mm-hmm. and Maud would be like, Walter, do something! Right. As if Maud is incapable of telling Mrs. Right. Nogatuck where to go. Yeah, because, you know, she would she would anyway. She would anyway, <clears throat> exactly. Because Walter wouldn't do it right, or to her, you know... Or to Maud's liking. To her liking, and yeah. So, you know, Maud is like, Walter, she just she just kicked us out of, yes. out of her room. And Walter's son, he's like, well, I can't believe it's how easily she did it. Right. Right. Yes. And Maud is saying that, you know, she's got a lot of nerve. Yeah. Um, she's, she's demanding to know who's in that closet. She bangs on the door and yeah. she says, Mrs. Nogatuck, I demand to know what that man was doing in your closet. And Mrs. Mm-hmm. Nogatuck says, beats me. When mm-hmm. I left, I told him to stay, stay under, under the, the bed. bed. Yes. And the, I remember watching this episode <laughs> and the look on Hermione Badley's face mm-hmm. as she slams mm-hmm. the door in 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 Modern Walters. I just it made me laugh so loud. Like mm-hmm. so Walter I think at that point we had a commercial. Yes, and right. Then, yes, we have a commercial and then when we come back, Maud and Walter are downstairs. Mm-hmm. They're in the living room. And you know, Walter's saying maybe this is an innocent relationship, right. and that's when they say not at her age. Right? They're like, couldn't couldn't be couldn't be at her age. <clears throat> and Maud says that's what Carol thinks about me. Yes, <clears throat> there was there was a lot of laughter on that one. Would you like me to get you a bottle of water? No, I'm good. Are you sure? I'm sure. Okay. So, um, well, Walter is saying, well, you said you wanted sleep in hell, and Maud says, right, but that doesn't mean that she gets to get sleep, sleep in, in hell, right? That doesn't um, give her the right to get to sleep in hell. Yes. So Mrs. Nogatuck, I believe, comes down. Yep. She comes downstairs. Very a... elegantly attired. <clears throat> and I loved her shoes. Mm-hmm. They were a nice chunky slingback. Yes. And she wants a word. 
And she's demanding an apology. And Maud is incensed. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to be apologizing to me. To I me. demand the apology. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think at that point she turns to Walter and says, I, I think Mrs. Nargatuck was almost demanding Walter give tell Maud to give her an apology. Right. Didn't she say something about Maud making guests, her guests feel ill at ease? Her closet yeah. feel ill at ease. And, you know, I think at that point Walter says, that's hard to deny, Maud. Yes. <clears throat> and um, I think that was when Mrs. Nogaturk again turned to Walter and said, you know, I would like an apology for for you being in my room. And, like, uh, I think Walter blames Maud or Mrs. Nogaturk says something about Maud being the ringleader. Yes. She's, it, she's not blaming Walter. She's only blame, blaming Maud. Yes. Because she knows Maud is the Maud ringleader. Maud was the ringleader. Which she was right. Yep. And again, I think yes. Walter says that's hard to deny. <clears throat> yeah. And she wants her apology. And, and Maud says, I'll give you an apology when hell freezes when over. hell freezes over. And uh, Mrs. Yeah. Nogatuck, I think, says, which is another thing. I yes. want to talk to you about the heat in my room. want to complain about the heat in their room. And Maud says, it seemed to be hot enough last night. Yes. And the audience lost. Yes. It. The audience definitely lost. And Mrs. Nogatuck accuses her of having a dirty mind. You know what your problem is? Mm. You've got a dirty mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And again, Maud turns to Walter and says, Walter! Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Walter says, that's even harder, harder to, deny. to deny. Yes. <clears throat> Pardon me. You're, you're quite it's old. The, it's my allergies. It's the allergies. They're really yeah. bad today. They are bad today. So, um, uh, I think... What well, at was that it? point, at that point, Maud says, you want to know what I love about you, Walter? No, nothing. Walter says, yeah. what? She goes, nothing. nothing. Right. And he says, this is me leaving. Leaving. And he leaves. And he, he exits. Yes. He exits out the front door, actually. Yes. And Maud is uh, asking Mrs. Nogatuck, what were you doing in, in your room all, all night? And Mrs. Nogatuck says, he wasn't in the room all night. He wasn't in the room all night. He she snuck in well past, past midnight. Past midnight, yes. <laughs> so then I think she starts going into the... She very, waxes poetically. She waxes so poetically. Like... Yes, you with know, this uh, Shakespearean poetry. What she thinks is what she thinks is Shakespearean poetry. And you know, she's like this, this homeland, this, yes, this something, this, this England, this England, William Shakespeare. Yeah, and Maud, and Maud says, says Balzac. Balzac, yes, yes. And she says, "You British are all alike. When the jig is up, you find you start going into this poetic right. Shakespeare <clears throat> nonsense." Yes. And uh, I have something about Mrs. Nogatuck saying something about. Oysters and stew. Yes. Something about oysters and stew. And then Maud says, mm-hmm. you keep my oysters out of this. Right. And Maud is insisting she has every reason to be furious. Yep. And then Mrs. Nogatuck says. They exit into, they actually exit into the kitchen. Into yes. the uh, dining room. And. Um, no, into the kitchen. Into the, uh, yes, into the kitchen. Into the kitchen. And uh, Mrs. Nogatuck says, would you believe me if I told you that Alfie is my, my nephew, nephew and <clears throat> that he came over here late last mm-hmm. night from Lord knows where. Yes. And Maud stops right. and says, well, yes, I would believe yeah. you. And then Mrs. Nogatuck says, well, then, then yes, then, Alfie is yes, my he's nephew. My nephew. Uh, and uh, Maud is saying, I think she was saying that th- this is ridiculous. Yes. And then Mrs. Mrs. N is starts, she starts doing something. And Maud She is goes like, to the kitchen. She goes into the, the uh, refrigerator, refrigerator and pulls out uh, cold cuts and um, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and loaf and a loaf of bread. Right. And she says, "I'm I'm making my nephew a sandwich. Making you can take sandwich. it out to Miss Everin's pay." Yeah, making a sandwich for Alfie. Uh, now at this point, Maud starts recounting Mrs. Ma- N's 
Tales. Yes. She owned a body house in mm -hmm. Austin, mm -hmm. in uh, Australia. Mm -hmm. She was a drag racer in Burma. Mm -hmm. And when she was born, she was suckled by a wolf in Tanganyika. Yes, right. And Mrs. Nogatuck says, well, sure, it beats, it beats having the story of being a beats, housewife. Beats the hell out of being a housewife. Beats the hell out of being a housewife. Yeah. Which, honestly, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and Mona's just kind of like... She's, she's fed up. She's like, she's she, just can't believe this. She you know? says, you are incapable of telling the truth, and then you tell me that your your nephew is from Chipping Camden. Chipping Camden. And that he, <clears throat> I mean, at that point, Mrs. Nogatuck says he's the, he's from Chipping Camden, mm -hmm. the tallest pro right. tango dancer. Yes. And I think she says these are three truths. Yes. From Chipping Camden, the tallest pro tango dancer. What mm -hmm. was the other one? Uh, he's, not, he's her nephew. And that he's her nephew. He's her nephew. He's the tallest pro tango dancer, and he's from Chipping Camden. And he's from Chipping Camden. And then she yells... Freddie, bring down the music. And she and Miss and Maud turns to Mrs. Nogatuck and says, Freddie, Freddie, you said his name was, was Alfie. Alfie. And of course, Mrs. Nogatuck says, Yes, yes. Alfie Freddie. Alfie Freddie. It's a common English name. It's a very common English Alfie name. Alfie Freddie. Yes. I too would like to be called Alfie Freddie. Yes, I will. I'll call you Alfie Freddie from now on. So, Oh, so uh, Mrs. Nogatuck is, is, you know, uh, I don't say, care if you don't believe me, I believe me. Yes, I believe me. Uh, so Alfie Freddy comes down, Yep. and uh, Mrs. Nogatuck says, he's, I'm going to prove to you he's a tango dancer. Yes. Um, then Alfie Freddy puts a mustache, fake mustache on. Yes. And Mrs. Nogatuck grabs a rose. Yep. And they and start says, playing. Oy! Right, they start playing the tango music. They start playing the tango music, which is <laughs> "I Get Ideas." Mm -hmm. They were playing "I Get Ideas" as mm -hmm. a tango waltz, mm -hmm. and you know they're they're having this like interesting tango. And then at one point, Alfie lifts up Mrs. Logan. Yes, completely off, off the, the ground. Floor. Completely off the ground. And, you know, Maud is agog. She is aghast. And I think at some point, Walter enters and is seeing this spectacle. Um... And at the very end, you know, uh, Freddie, Alfie Freddie, brings Mrs. Nogatuck very down low to the ground, and mm -hmm. she's skipping, like, a, I can't even think of the maneuver that it would be called, mm -hmm. but Mrs. Nogatuck's legs are sliding outward mm -hmm. into this final pose. Right. Um, and, you know, at that point, Alfie lifts back up, right. and uh, Mrs. Nogatuck goes to Maud and says, and she's, no, she's nose to nose with her. Nose to, she says, I want to make sure I'm nose to nose with yes. you and I'll tell you. How do you like them apples? Mm -hmm. And the audience erupts in laughter and applause. And she says she's going upstairs to pack. Yep. Because she has had it. Yes. You know, this, this, this episode really brings into question the, the, the veracity of an employee's tales. Mm. I mean, have you? I mean, I'm obviously. Have you ever told little white lies that caught up to you? I don't think so. I have. Oh, I've worked with people that it was like you know, everything was like. If you find out, it's like it's all a, a you know, a tissue of lies. Yes. So tissue of lies. Tissue of lies. Yes. <laughs> you know, easily terrible, and mm -hmm, they, they dissolve mm -hmm. in the water. Mm -hmm. Uh, so Alfie says he, he apologizes and that he would have. He would have put his skivvies on if they knew they were going to barge in. Yes, I'd have put my skivvies on. Yes. And Walter says, our closet is, is, your is your closet. And uh, Alfie's then telling them that um, he's 
he has to go because his boat sails three. And Ward says, ha, you're a sailor. You're a sailor. And he says, no, I'm a tango mm-hmm. instructor on mm-hmm. a cruise ship. Right. And Maud is like, I don't know what to believe anymore. Mm-hmm. And he, and Alfie's trying to reason with him, say, try believing what she believes. Yeah. Well, Maud asks him, she says, Mr. Freddy, are you really, are you really her nephew? Yes. And he says, if, if that's what she, she told you, then, then I am. Then I am. He says, believe what you believe. Believe, try believing what she believes. Yes. Uh, he also mentions something about her dreams and her illusions. Yeah. They're not hurting anyone. She doesn't have a soul in the world. Which. And she's not hurting anyone. Nope. So if she, basically, if she wants to say she's the du- Duchess of Naugatuck, then let her say she's the Duchess her, of Naugatuck. Say, and he mentions the Duke, and he mm-hmm. says, "Well, that would make him my uncle." Yes. And he like like um. Frowns, uh, in, uh, frowns knowingly, and it's like, huh, okay, maybe that is my yeah. uncle. Yeah, and apparently he was lost in a fox, fox hunt. hunt. Lost yes. in a fox hunt. Never yes. saw the ruddy bird again. Right. And he says, well, must be off. Cheery bye. Cheery bye. Yes, and we have to say that, you know, his his British accent was terrible. Left little to be desired. So, I mean, and, and I'm curious, was it, like, deliberate? That. I mean, it it definitely is an interesting <laughs> question to be asked. Like, mm-hmm. was it intentional that his accent be terrible? Mm-hmm. Was it? Uh, it could be played any which way you want it to. Mm-hmm. But I I'm going to err on the side of that. This person was here to have a tryst with Mrs. Nogatuck. Mm-hmm. That they got caught, and that Mrs. Nogatuck said, "You're going to be my nephew. Right. Put on like dummy up and put on a thick right. British accent. Tell them you tell them you're British. Yep." Alfie Freddy, whatever, Alf- your, whatever your name is. Alfie Freddy, whatever your bloody name so is. So he leaves. So he leaves, and we cut to Mrs. Nogatuck. No, well, well Maud is saying oh. that what she did was inexcusable. Oh, yes, it was inexcusable. And she, she has to, to, she has to, to apologize. she wants to apologize. Yep. So then we see Mrs. Nogatuck in her room packing, and she's crying. Yep. And then we hear Maud is knocking on the door mm-hmm. from, from the outside. Yes. <clears throat> asking her if she can come in. And she says, no. No. And uh, I think Maud just opens the door. Maud just opens the door and, and enters anyway. anyway. And she says she wants to apologize. And Mrs. Nogatuck says, you're too late. Too late. You, you had your chance you bungled and it. you bungled it. I wouldn't care if you were down, down on your hands and knees. Are you sure you don't want me to get you a bottle of water, Mary? I'm good. I'm Are good. you sure? Because you sound like you're dying. I am, but okay. it's fine. <laughs> I've died many times before. I just that's, keep coming back. That's fair. I've seen you say. <clears throat> and uh, she says, you know, uh, something about her doubting the veracity of her leaving. Anyone who doubts my veracity doesn't want me around, so right. I'm going. Right, right. And Maud says that she doesn't want her. She says, I don't want you to leave. And she says, then I'll stay. Then I'll stay. With a big smile on her face. Mm-hmm. And of course, like the... The one beautiful thing about Hermione Badley is that she is just such a gifted actress mm-hmm. that she could be incredibly sensitive and, and you know, incredibly sensitive and incredibly knowing. And then just, just there's something so brilliant about that actress. Yes. When it comes to her, her timing and her comedy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, she has a condition for her staying. Yes. No flack. About overnight guests. guests. Right. And, you know, at that point, I think she says, sometimes I have lapses in memory. Right, right. But, uh, you know, 
Yes. I think at that point they hug and Maud calls her the Duchess and you know, Mrs. Nogatuck smiles and like gasps surprised, like, oh you've heard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think the ne- the next thing I have written down is that, you know, she mentions the Duke and how he went down with the Titanic. Right, right. And, uh, and Maud says, Maud says Alfie, Alfie said, said that he, he was, was lost during a fox, fox hunt. hunt. Right. And, you know, Mrs. Nogatuck is, oh, oh, that, you know, starts falling over her words. And Maud says, no, 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 don't tell me. The fox, fox hunt, hunt was, was held on, on, on the Titanic. Titanic. And, um, you know, Mrs. Nogatuck says, yes, he always we liked to travel first, first class. class. Yes. Uh, and then we have the, the prologue mm-hmm. where Maud is walking upstairs, I guess, uh, assuming towards her bedroom. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she hears, the, I get ideas, the tango, the tango music playing. Right, right. And she's, you know, banging on the door right. saying, Mrs. Nogatuck, Mrs. Nogatuck, Mrs. Nogatuck. And, you know, she, Mrs. Nogatuck opens the door and she's like, Maud barges in. Barges in, um, as Maud will do. As Maud does. Uh, and she says, I distinctly heard tango music, and I always know that it takes two to tango. Takes two to tango. And she races over to the closet door, opens it, and who does she say? Walter. <laughs> that was a surprise to everybody. That was a surprise to everybody. Yeah. So, um, I think at that point, uh, I think Walter, Walter says, says, I'm taking I'm, lessons. I'm taking lessons. And then Maud and Walter start doing a tango. Right. And, Maud, Maud is like rubbing his back saying, I always, I, I never knew that I would be married to, to a, a closet, closet tango, tango dancer. dancer. I know. Oh, my Lord. What an, it, it was, it really was an interesting episode. Yes, it was. It was definitely an interesting episode to say the least. But again, I think it was one of those Mrs. Naugatuck centric episodes mm-hmm. where we're focusing more on, because I mean, honestly, where could the writers take, they could, the, the writers could take the character anywhere if, if she was given the opportunity to lie. Oh, yeah. She did. Yeah. Um, so it was definitely one for the theologians. Mm-hmm. Not definitely not in my not even in my top fifty of of episodes of episodes. Yeah, yeah. I mean <coughs> it, it definitely one. it was definitely a uh, definitely one that you watch like while you're watching the <laughs> while you're watching this like the the series in in um in succession. Right. It's not one like if, if like or I want to watch one of my favorites. This is not one where I'm like I'm gonna watch this one because right. it's silly. Right. <laughs> yes. And there are definitely, definitely episodes, you know, that that are more geared towards the the fantastical. But again, as I've mentioned before, like seasons one and seasons two were definitely more politically geared. Oh yeah, and they were definitely more. They were definitely written with the intent of being inflammatory. Uh, inflammatory. That's a T word. There you go. Whereas with. Um, Seasons three and four, they were dev- they were leaning a little bit more into the cartoony, into mm-hmm. the more situation comedy than anything mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. So, well, you know, unfortunately, I think what happens too is when a show gets more popular, that then they sort of want to like they don't want to rock the boat as much. No, so they, they don't. don't. You know, a lot of times that happens. Yes, a lot of series is, with a lot of series. That was when definitely they, the case with you this know one. when when they get a little more. Um, as the popularity of the show is growing, you, you know, when a show is new, you know, they don't know how long it's going to go. Will it last? You know, so what well, we can be a little more riskier. Yeah. 
And, you know, then it's sort of like, oh, oh it's, it's doing well, but we don't want to rock the boat as much. So. Yeah. So, like, there's definitely an overarching, um, that's definitely overarching. Like, in seasons one and two, it was definitely very heavily politicized. Then, in, like, seasons three and four, it became a little cartoony. Yeah. Then, by, like, seasons five and six, it became a little bit more, it became a little bit more politicized mm-hmm. and political. But they never went as deep no. as season one, like with Maud's ne- Dilemma. Absolutely not. So. Like, that, honestly, Maud's Dilemma could definitely be viewed as, like, a standalone. Yeah. Like, yeah. even outside of the Maud mythos, you can watch that right. and it'd still be very much outside mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. yeah. Definitely you know, we still get, like, comments about yeah, oh, we, our podcast We're always going to get comments Every on once, that episode. Once in there, blue moon. there were some people that were like, this is indoctrination, this is, this, and it's like, it really isn't, though. There, there really should be, you know, I wish that they would re-air Maud's Dilemma. Mm-hmm. I would I would want them to re-air Maud's Dilemma. I would love for Norman Lear to do a Maud Live where they go over that episode, mm-hmm. but I know that that's... Yeah. You can't do that these days, unfortunately. No, no. It's, uh... Which was one political. of the reasons why I wanted to do it. Yes. But your cast was iffy about it, right? My... Not... <clears throat> not... The only one that was iffy about it was my Vivian. Oh. And the reason my Vivian was so iffy about it was because she did not want, and I think it was, a, I think it was a career move for her. Uh-huh. And I think that if we had done Maud's dilemma, she would have either left the left the production mm-hmm. or just would have been like she would not have promoted it nearly as much. At, at least that that is not this is me assuming, and of course mm-hmm. you know when you assume it makes an ass out of you and me, of course, but. It could stand to reason that that was one of the reasons why she was not wanting to do that episode. Right. Because that is definitely, I mean, that's also very, I can appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I can appreciate her, I can appreciate her making that as a career move. Right. Because it is, it's a very, it's, I mean, still to this day, it's a very hard hitting mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. Um. And the fact that, you know, <sighs> I don't know why I was on Reddit last night. Oh, no. But I was on Reddit, and I was, like, looking in the politics subreddit and just reading all the comments about how June is the Supreme Court's, like, what was it? What did they call it? June of Doom? Mm -hmm. The June of Doom, where, like, the Supreme Court is going to make their final decisions Mm -hmm. on on the the, the state of Roe v. Wade. And, you know, just reading a lot of the comments and, you know, people making comments about how Thomas should be... uh, how Justice Thomas should be kicked off mm-hmm. for his connection with his wife, Ginny. Right. Um, and how Salito and Thomas were just, it. It's, just, it's all bad. Yeah. It's all bad. It is. And, you know, the other problem is when, when Trump was in office, and even when Bush Jr. was in office, they packed the courts with conservative judges. Yeah. And it's that, that is where, that is where the, the pain in the ass really is. Yeah. And, you know, this was, again, this was one of the reasons why so many people were nervous and why so many people were afraid when Trump was, when Trump won in in 2016, because we all knew what he was going to do. Well, I always, that was always my feeling. It was like, the problem is who you elect president, that's going to determine who gets on the Supreme Court. Yes. 
See, that's that's the issue. Uh-huh. It really is more more so than anything more so than that, anything that else. they do that they actually do in the, office. The only thing a president really does is he just signs paperwork. Yeah, that's all the president does is sign paperwork, but sign thing, paperwork, and then send people to war. The power they really have. Is who they appoint to the Supreme Court. Is who Court. they appoint to the Supreme Court. That's the real crux that's of it. That's the power. People don't, they don't understand that. Nope. Um, they really don't. So that's what, you know, I, I knew was going to be the issue. I think the other thing that like really got under my skin was when Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed. Yeah. And they, they were. I know, they the, like rushed that, that, rushed that justice that on. really really was yeah. something I was not okay with. Yeah, I, I was and, like... And the fact that there weren't... It was like know, she wasn't they, even cold in her grave. Were there protests about them? I'm sure them? there were. I'm sure there were. It was, just, it was one of those moments in time where I'm like, you bastards. Mm-hmm. You... Ba- how dare you pull this when... Just the, the hypocrisy of it all know. really, really is bothersome. And again, that is definitely like the hip. Hypocrisy is definitely something that is a focal point in several episodes of Maud. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, seeing the juxtaposition between the Democrats and the Republicans, specifically when it comes to, you know, Walter and, I mean, when it comes to Arthur and Maud, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's just one of those very interesting things politically where you have to just watch and be careful. And, uh, you know, I was, what was I reading recently? I... I got an advertisement on Facebook for Suffolk County GOP saying elect Vinnie Paleo. Uh And I'm like, because why? Because he's a Trump conservative? No. No. No thanks. Whenever I see those things, I report them as being like, uh, yeah, as being like uh, sexually. Yeah, uh, sexually. And you know, you know what I just saw. What did I you wonder, just I saw? Wonder if, I wonder if it's even here. No, no I don't know where it is. I have um, but then we just we had we just had we had Buffalo, we had Uvalde, we had Philadelphia. There were like uh, there were others yeah. this weekend. I just saw some Texas lawmaker. Now they just had that. that they just recently had in Uvalde. The... He's trying to make it illegal to, for, for for kids to go to a, to a, to a, a drag so show. So absurd. So I mean, absurd. are you kidding me? That's what you are. My, about? my, friend, I don't ever remember any kids ever getting shot at a, at a drag show. Never, never. And we have to preface this that like when if we do perform for like all ages, we know how to keep it clean, as clean as possible, as right. clean as a drag queen can keep it clean. Yeah, and that, that's not a lot. Listen, there's drag queen story hours. There's right. Uh, look at our friend Bella. Yes. Look at our friend Bella. Yes, she gets. She gets the brunt of a lot of hatred. A lot, a lot. For her oh, one no. episode that she did with Desmond is amazing. Yes, yes. And just, it, it's really, really bothersome how people will use their their religion to sort of be a sword and shield for them. Like, you, 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 what you're doing goes against God. What you're doing, you're taking advantage of. We're not taking advantage of anybody. No. We're not taking advantage of anyone. If a person wants to bring their child to a drag show, and I think the they came up with a really awful name for the event. It was called drag drag the drag the kids to so, something with dragon kids, right? Like drag kids to such and such, right. or drag the kids right. to this show, whatever it was, mm-hmm. and uh, like 
They're saying that guns are not as dangerous as drag queens? Right. What? Drag queens are more dangerous than drag guns. Drag queens are more dangerous than guns. Who'd have yes. thunk it? Who'd right. have really thunk it? Right. And, uh, you know, there was, there was like, there's been like a, a, a few times where I've been give, out. Give Texas back to Mexico. Really? At this point, just give Texas back to Mexico. Uh, I know. I'm tired. I know. This is, it, it's, it's so absurd. It's so, so absurd. I, I actually did a show a couple years back with Bella. Mm-hmm. We went. We were asked to do a thing for this uh, camp. Mm-hmm. Um, it was out on Shelter Island. What, what, what an experience that was! Drive all the way out east on Long Island, and then take a ferry. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and we did this. We did this. Uh, this drag show. This little drag show for these uh, these kids at camp. They were, I think, like average age. It was probably yeah. like 13, 14. And I, a- after we performed, like the kids, like. All these kids, they they wanted pictures with us. Of course they did. I, I mean, I felt like I was like a drag race queen, <laughs> with, with the, 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 and I was like, you know, um, and I could I could tell like some of the, some of the boys especially, I could tell they were they they probably might might have been gay, mm. and it was like them getting to see us as like you know adults. Living our authentic lives. There's something to be said about an open queer adult showing their true colors to a group of young questioning youths. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that one of the things that a friend of mine wants is he wants me and also Tony to potentially come out for like a conversation with the school's gay straight alliance which it's called the GSA it's a they they've been doing that since I was in high school right um not when I was in high school not when you were in high school nope i wish that was a thing for you in high school yes i wish i was a part of that thing in high school but unfortunately i was still figuring myself out when i was the, in high the only the only gay straight alliance in my high school was if you, if you were the gay, locker room. you got you got <laughs> now you got pushed into a locker oh basically yeah i'm too big to fit in a locker Fortunately for I you, was, but, you I, know, I am petite. You you are petite. I am petite. You are petite. I've seen the baby pictures. Here, here's the thing. What people don't understand. We are not trying to indoctrinate no. kids to become LGBTQIA+. Never. I mean, kids... I A kid knows, or a kid has questions. Maybe, or maybe they don't. Maybe, you know, you know a kid, maybe they, they know right, you know, out the womb... What they are, and they're they're you know confident in that, but there are kids, and like when I was a, when I was a kid, yes, I knew I was different. Yes, didn't know what it was. Yep, but I knew. Yep, whatever it was. Yep, it was bad. Yep, because everybody around, anytime I ever leaned into that territory, I was like, you can't do that. That's what that's for girls. That's what girls do. Yeah, you know what are you a sissy? Yep. And what they don't understand is, you know, we're not trying to indoctrinate no. children. Have no, 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 there's no, I have no desire, no desire to indoctrinate children. However, children will learn. They're going to learn regardless. They're going to learn regardless. Have we not learned anything from Into the Woods? I never saw Into the Woods. So what do I have to learn? You need to watch Into the Woods. I guess I need to watch Into it's, the Woods. It is one of my it is one of my favorite Sondheim musicals. Okay, that and a little night music. All right. Um, uh, but it the the song goes careful the things you say children will listen, mm-hmm. and you know it 
it really is a beautifully told story. I, I cannot recommend it enough to you. Like, watch it on YouTube. Mm -hmm. You can watch the original Broadway cast with Bernadette Peters. Mm -hmm. and um, But I do love Bernadette Peters. Who doesn't love Bernadette Peters? Love Bernadette Peters. Uh, and I, unfortunately, I cannot think of any of the other members of the cast. Not as important. Th no one is as important <laughs> as, as Bernadette, Bernadette Peters. Peters. Um, <laughs> but I, I cannot recommend it enough to you. Like, children are going to learn the way they're going to learn. That was mm -hmm. that was what happened to me. I learned in two places. I learned mm -hmm. on the internet and I learned in college. Right. Like, I was not indoctrinated. I right. just went to a school right. where you learned about these things. Right. And, and I told you. Yes. When I, was a, when I was a kid, if someone had just said to me, which is a lot of, a lot of kids now, they're, if they're fortunate to have accepting Except parents, parents, the parents will say to them, well, you know, some boys like girls, some girls like boys, some boys like boys, and some girls like, like girls. girls. And that's it. If, if like, I had had that in my life, somebody just saying, oh, you know, if you're a boy and you like boys, it's okay. I didn't need, like, a, a, a sexual component to that. Yeah. Because, right. you know, I, I, you know, this is probably like, you know, before puberty, really. Mm -hmm. It was just that I knew I was attracted to boys. Yep. And it was like, if somebody had just said to me, oh, you're, oh, you like boys? That's okay. Yep. There's nothing wrong with that. Yep. That would, you know, that would have been like. It would have been a different. It would have changed, it, it yeah, changed, changed my life. a lot of things. It would have changed my life. It would have changed a lot of things. You know. And it's, you know, it's very. And let's face it, for the most part, most most gays were coming from straight from straight parents. <laughs> it's changing now. I mean, a lot of LGBTQIA+. They're adopting. adopting they're, you know, they're doing in vitro. And things doing, like that. They're doing all these things. But the majority, the majority of us, we're born of, of straight liaisons. Yes. You know, yes. so, I mean... It's, it's unfortunately one of those things where we, we as people have more power if we work together mm -hmm. because what we're seeing is a division brought about by fear, mm -hmm. by, um, ignorance, ignorance and that's like fear and ignorance. Yeah, that's, those that's those are the dividing factors with most of these, you know, political arguments. Yeah. Not to mention the uh, the self loathing homophobes. Oh, correct. Yeah. I'm looking at you, Lindsey Graham. Yeah. Yeah. Like you know, it's it really is upsetting because we are stronger together, and it really like. <laughs> Really frosts my cookies when, you know, I, I'm watching Tucker Carlson be as divisive as he is on Fox News. And please note, I do not engage in Fox News, but yeah. I have family members who do. Oh. And some of them are going deaf, so of course oh. I have to overhear it. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> and it's just, it, I'll it, give it you really, the number for earworks. Uh, please <laughs> and thank you. So it's it really is unfortunate that this is where we're at, where a drag queen is more is viewed and looked upon as more dangerous than an AR-15 assault rifle. Yes. I mean, for me personally, the most dangerous thing on a drag queen is their mouth. I would think their glitter. Well, that too, and their heels. Their heels and their heels, yeah, especially if they break. Yeah. <laughs> 
the, the hell hath no fury like a drag queen that's the that got, got a broken heel. Corset can hurt too. Well, that's a weapon that we you know put on ourselves. Yes. Now that, we're gonna, now that we're gonna be taking that off and beating people with it. Yeah, yeah, really. Well, I mean, you probably couldn't use it like you know a giant um, slingshot. slingshot. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So, to actually, mm, mm-hmm. this was something that's affecting my, this is something that's affecting the voiceover community. So to those unaware, Crunchyroll and Funimation have two of their main headquarters in Texas. And Sony, the parent company of Crunchyroll and Funimation, have made it so that those studios cannot accept talent from outside of Texas. You're kidding me. I kid you not. Why? Money, legal matters, I don't know. But there are a bunch of actors that are happy that Uh it is excluded to Texas, and there are a lot of actors that are not happy. Sure. Because Texas is so, has become so red. Right. And when I say it's become so red, I mean the people in power have just been really taking advantage of their power there. Yeah. And they have made being queer, being mm-hmm. trans, mm-hmm. being just being anything within that umbrella of right. a, that uh, that rainbow umbrella. Yeah. The, Texas governors, the Abbott and um, who's the who's the other one? Cruz. Abbott and Cruz. They have made life <laughs> a misery mm-hmm. for people in Texas, yeah. an absolute misery. Yeah. Um. So. To those that are trans that are in Texas, I am vehemently sorry that this is your reality. It should not be. Um, And to the drag performers in Texas, I commend you for sticking it out. Like, you know, there there were people that came up to me and be like, you're my hero. I'm so glad that you're like doing what you're doing. And I'm like... I'm only on Long Island. Yeah. I'm we're only on Long Island. We're not in these really, really I mean, granted, Long Island is becoming more and more conservative. Yeah. Uh, but also, it's still far more liberal than Texas. Oh yeah, still far yeah. more liberal than Texas. And I mean, could you imagine living in like absolutely a, not. being like the only gay person in a really small redneck town? That's got to be when, really hard. When me and my family were discussing the idea of moving, because mm-hmm. we needed to move into a bigger house, um, my parents were like, "Let's move to Texas." Let's no. move, to Te-. and I'm like. If you guys are moving to Texas, mm-hmm. I am not coming with you. Mm-hmm. I just, I will not be moving with you. I will find someplace else to live. Right. I will find another person to live with. Right. I cannot live in a state where I am viewed as less problematic than. and right. less than. Right. Now, granted, you can live in Dallas. You can live in any of the big True. cities. True. But as long as there is jurisdiction that... Um, puts my life in jeopardy mm-hmm. and puts a target on my back? Absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. No. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. So, that's that's my... That's, that's your story? My, that's my story and, and I'm sticking to sticking it. Sticking to it. I don't that's, the story, that's the story of Morning Glory. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Well, this was definitely an interesting episode of Mole. Yes. Uh, usually um, we our review takes the whole hour, but it did not. But it time. did not this time. It took about a half an hour. Which, I know. you know, only stands to reason. Because, again, there really wasn't was anything. Fluffy, it was a very fluffy episode. Very fluffy There episode. weren't any real meaty 
um, issues. No. I think, you know. No, yeah. I think I think the writers were definitely hitting their stride with the, like, quote-unquote situation comedy. And also, yeah. when you have a character like Nell Nogatuck, who's mm-hmm. just this bombastic, over-the-top, eccentric character, like, you can take her literally anywhere. Mm-hmm. Whereas with, like, Florida or even Victoria, you can definitely take those characters to another place because you have... You have the race relations. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. You didn't have that. With you don't have Mrs. that with Mrs. Bogatuck. So you definitely have, you definitely have a little bit more fancifulness. Yeah. Um, Very true. So. We thank you so much for listening. We do. For, to, to our, to our little God will get you for that podcast. And if you would like to hear us more, you mm-hmm. can hear us where all podcasts are found. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Finley's Friendly Appliances and YouTube and Facebook at God Will Get You For That Walter. Correct. And where all podcasts are found. Where can they follow you? Uh, everywhere. That's Tony Homeperm. And of course, that's Tony. You're drinking water, so you Tony with an eye. Tony with an eye. <laughs> I was going to try gargling, and I'm like, no, nope, don't do your, that. You missed your cue. Tony with an eye. Tony with an eye. Tony with an eye. Oh my goodness. And you guys, of course, can find me where all that Tomcats are found, traditionally on street corners. True. Um, <laughs> true. And we thank you so much for listening, and you will hear us on another episode of God Will Get You for That, Walter. Bye, guys. Good night. <laughs>